We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Pick 6 Show, week number 18. We made it. The information slate, sponsored by Thrive. Do want to welcome you all back. As always, Rich Rebar of Sharp Football Analysis. John Dago, 4 for 4, Bet Spurts. Should get this out of the way, by the way. We are going to be back for the playoffs next week. It'll be a much better show, I think. <laughs> just going just gonna to assume that before we dive in on a Wednesday night, breaking down the information slate or the lack thereof. We're going to touch on Saturday as well. The two-gamer on Saturday. Big contest lurking out there. So we'll talk about that and give some favorite plays that we're looking at on a Wednesday night for the 13-game main slate. Bring in uh, – let's bring in Rich. Rich Rebar joining uh, – enjoying that legalized sports gambling there in the Ooh. state of Ohio. Take your victory lap on Mike Evans. Uh, he smashed for you for DFS. He smashed for you uh, for legal sports gambling. And, you know, it, it was a martingale. Eventually it had to hit. It hit, it hit hard. <laughs> Yeah, listen, we weren't chasing blind. I tried to make a legitimate case. We didn't play him just because he was due. Uh, things lined up. You know, maybe we'll run back the Daigle's guy, uh, Rashid Shahid or Chris Olave for, for good faith against uh, C.J. Henderson and, and the boys there in Carolina. But, uh, yeah, Big Mike got us there every single DFS lineup. Uh, I, even my Sunday chat, I haven't had someone who's like, I heard you talk about Mike Evans. Are you sure I should start him in my championship? <laughs> like, I was like, listen, I know you don't want to, but trust me. This is the week, man. He's going to come through. He's going to make it all worthwhile. So uh, happy new year to Mike Evans. 2023's fantasy football leading scorer. Daigle, did you listen? I knew you were on the fence listening to uh, the rebar about Evans. I did not, for the record. Bad job by me. Uh, did not play. Boy, I told you, but I even said, I was like, no one's going to listen to me. And I did can't say that. Needle. And not even the people I do the show are with listen to me. <laughs> and I, res- I fully respect your opinion, but I was like, nah. I pick and choose. Like, nah. <laughs> I, I, I piggybacked the, I was talking to you behind the scenes in a unique way and that even when the four for four subs, we were in our DFS chat, were talking to me about stacks and whatever. I literally, the last thing I told them for signing off was, listen, 
I don't know if I'm coming around to it. I'm trying. I'm trying to work it in here, but I do know good friend Rich Rebar is on Mike Evans. Like that's my selling point. Is that Rich is playing him? I can't tell you I am, but I know Rich likes him a lot. So that's where I had it. I'm glad you started with him though, because I know he also had Amari Cooper in a lot of stacks as well. Since he talked Ooh. about Deshaun Watson, and of course it it took you know six throws in the second half really for Deshaun Watson to get there. It didn't look pretty in the first, yeah, but I can't results are results. Lap, uh, Deshaun Watson. That was uh, the I, he got me there, but uh, I'm not gonna set, uh, count like this <laughs> nine for eighteen performance. He was kind of terrible. He got sacked five times, too, if I'm not mistaken. He threw a pass to an offensive lineman at one point. It was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It was a pretty good time. But he had 20, he had over he had like 22 points, man. So yeah. listen, we're not going to be beggars and choosers. Score, he outscored Aaron Rodgers every single week this year, uh, I believe. I'm pretty sure. Every single score he put up. Uh, the two gamer. Let's talk about that one briefly before we fully dive into the 13 gamer on Sunday. Uh, Chiefs at Raiders, 52 and a half is a total. Tennessee at Jacksonville. Two games, uh, you know, teams that are motivated, at least three of these teams are motivated. Raiders, of course, hitting that sim button. Uh, there is some incentive stuff as well on the Jags dive. Uh, I was looking at Christian Kirk. This looks like an awesome matchup for Christian Kirk. Uh, I was on a Rotor Grinder Sisters channel, you know, scores and odds, talking about his total was, I think, 54 yards. It's since got up. Or maybe it was 51. He's got an incentive to hit 90. Of course, Tennessee, we know about the pass bottle in Jacksonville. You know, it's a loser leaves town game here. Tennessee versus Jacksonville. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts, John. Is that a good place to start as far as Christian Kirk? I don't think Zay Jones, several players have incentives as far as receptions and yards. I don't have it in front of me, but they're uh, they're doable. Uh, You know, it's not like it's 430 yards for Patrick Mahomes to have the most passing yards of all time. Oh, wait, that's doable too. We can touch on that also (laughs) against the Raiders. But uh, yeah, John, dealer's choice, wherever you want to start as far as slate. We can also talk about Jared Stidham somehow being the best quarterback in the NFL all of a sudden. Uh, that, that Chiefs game, it could be really bad, but it could be a lot of fun too. It's really just going to depend on Stidham's entire career. But for the Jaguars, it is interesting. And I know it, the incentives are what people continue to cite here. But remember, we keep going back to wide receivers against the Titans anyhow. Like they're still just second in yards per attempt against boundary receivers where you want to play Zay Jones. They're still getting tagged from the slot where you want to play Christian Kirk. And more importantly, even against the Texans, even uh, the week prior in the rain against the Jets, like we keep playing Evan Ingram, not only for his target share, but because they're concertedly scheming him targets. They purposely move him in motion and get him one-on-one against linebackers and allow him to do action after the catch. So overall, it's honestly still a good spot. My only question is now the Titans have on purpose this 14 days of rest, a bye week without having a bye week. And so they're going to get back Imani Hooker in the secondary. They're going to get back starting safety Christian Fulton. And these guys probably aren't players that – necessarily move the needle to make the Titans an above average defense, but we're trying to ask, is it enough? Like, are they enough to actually slow this one down? And that's kind of where I'm at right now, because if so, and the Titans are hanging around here, and although we saw uh, Dobbs nearly throw three dropped interceptions, three more interceptions to the Cowboys, like he at least had an arm, whereas Malik Wills did not. And so maybe it is enough to where Derrick Henry hangs around here and is just kind of the guy you need to have anyhow. So I'm still teetering on this one, but I honestly think the Titans' rest matters more than everything else. How about Dobbs jumping in and being the guy? Like How, how down is Willis? Like, man, yeah, it's intergalactically it's, down. <laughs> it's it's real uh, bad. That's and it's hard to fault them, right? Like it's hard to because you couldn't you couldn't run a real offense. 
you know, and it's sure. not that Josh Dobbs is particularly good last Thursday against the Cowboys, but at least they dropped back and threw the ball 39 times, right? Like the, you gave yourself a puncher's chance. Uh, they He had a few drops. They actually made a couple big plays too in that game. And those are just things that weren't in the offense at all with Malik Willis in the game. So at least gives this game a little more upside uh, to be kind of, you know, to have some counterpunch and Daigle, hit the nail on the head. You know, my guy, uh, Cleve TA from Cleveland, if you guys follow him, uh, he pulled up uh, the, in his database, like since 2000, this has only happened six times where a team this late in the year has had this short of rest. And and they have only covered like one of five times, one of, one of there were one, five, one and five against the spread. Uh, so could be a red flag spot too. Like Daigle said, you know, that the kind of rest disadvantage going on here, kind of unprecedented, so we'll see if it kind of makes an impact. The Jags did get their guys out of the game last week, but you yeah, know, it, you know that does does that end up paying, uh, you know, in in here at all? Does it play at all? Because uh, it's a great matchup for the Jags passing game. And we've seen this play out, right? We've seen everything play out against the Titans, right? Every every passing game that they face, we know that they're just an extreme, you know, pass funnel. They should give up some runs to Travis Etienne. They should try it, like let him <laughs> run for five or six yards a couple of times, yeah. right? Like just 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 to slow it down because when these teams played a few weeks ago, he had 17 carries for 32 yards. The Jaguars did what every team did against the Titans. They're like, the hell with this. We're just going to wing it around the yard. Uh, and Trevor Lawrence went absolutely nuclear, you know, and he was the QB one overall that week. He threw for 370 yards, three touchdowns. He ran for a touchdown. He stiff armed some linebacker into the dirt. Uh, everyone got there. Evan Ingram had like the most career points he's ever scored. Zay Jones went nuts, even though he tried to drop three touchdowns. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it's a, and it's just play him as you got him in the passing game here. That's what the Titans have become. And it's what we're not going to get off the boat. We, we've done it for 17 weeks. Why get off on 18? This is also why Travis Etienne, why I thought Rich, you were going to DM us a screenshot of a bink because you mentioned ETN, Amari Cooper with Deshaun Watson, Mike Evans. Like, how did you not win everything last week? That's what yeah, I'm curious I mean, about. The, yeah, tight end, uh, definitely bricked a wide receiver spot too. So, yeah, a lot of DJ Shark as like my my wide receiver of du jour of punting and Al Mazard, who was fine. Well, but. it's time to go back. Don't worry. No, yeah. no Brock Wright. No Brock Wright, man. I mean, good luck getting that uh, Detroit tight end. Can we just play Detroit tight end as a position? Maybe. <laughs> you know people played Shane Zilstrath for minimum oh, last God, week, yeah. too. Yeah, they, they definitely chased it, and it didn't matter whatsoever. Did you but see like, a stat I tweeted about them earlier? What's that? The, the, so the Lions tight ends outside of the 10-yard line only have an 11% target share since the trade of TJ Hawkinson. It's 31st in the NFL, the target tanks. But inside the 10-yard line, it's 48%, the third highest. Like they're, just, they're just dialing up scheme plays to these vagabonds that people forget about. They're like, you, you remember, we've, we have these guys. Because all their touchdowns are like schemed up touchdowns. It's not like Jared Goff's like, it's like a fourth read. Like they're dialing up plays for these guys down there. Do you think it's real, by the way? I was kind of mentioning the Kirk thing, like 91 yards to trigger a $500,000 bonus. Like, we all saw the clip of Gronk in Brady's ear, like, telling him, like, look, I need one more. I need one more for a million bucks. And that's Gronk. Gronk's got Gronk money. You know, Kirk, he's doing fine, too, but he doesn't have Gronk money. Yeah, he's got to be in the ear of Lawrence. It's a close game. You know, they won the game more than anything else. But does that stuff matter? Is that just, like, conversation for us, John? Oh, it matters, I think, team to team. It really just depends how far you are away. Like, I think, I think the biggest one we'll be questioning on Sunday is, is Justin Jefferson, can he get right. uh, 
what's the number like 173 now yeah. since yeah they, they failed miserably against the packers like and nathan peterman ain't gonna help us out <laughs> yeah, so we, were, we were we're questioning those but honestly like we talked about it as well behind the scenes that the bucks in having historically chased even going back the last two years gronk and evans godwin um there was a i think geo bernard incentive somewhere in there a couple years ago as well like tom brady purposely makes sure his guys gets those contract bonuses so some teams they are guaranteed to do so others will just have to see and we are working under, you know, a Doug Peterson, a new Trevor Lawrence era. So I, th- I, th- it, I think that's close enough to in a competitive game where we shouldn't be asking about the incentives. We just think they can get there anyhow because the matchup. But yeah, yeah m- maybe they're far enough to where we question it. Yeah, Zay in the R one ninety eight for Zay ninety eight yards for five hundred thousand dollars. Two catches for two fifty. I imagine he gets that. I hope he gets that. If he doesn't, you're right. basically dead anyway. Um, yeah, those aren't cheap yardage totals, though. To be fair, no. No, no, no. It's not a gimme at all. Jefferson, I thought Jefferson was like 194. Is it one? You said it was 170 something. I thought it was more than that. Maybe, maybe it still is. I may have got the number wrong. And like, isn't it's, there? A it's chance? like it's it's close to 200 though. Okay. Like he's got to yeah. put up. He's got to flirt with like a huge number. And we'll talk about that. But isn't he did have 154 when they played earlier in the year? So, but they're kind of locked in, aren't they? Isn't Minnesota basically mostly locked in? Well, yeah, they need they need losses from other from 49ers and the 49ers and and like you know the Bears that do anything right to move the ball. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean if you're if you're if, if the Vikings are up 21 nothing or something and like we're cruising through the second quarter, like are they really gonna try to to jam a bunch of targets? Like what what if he got hurt, man? Like going yeah. for a record, like he's I also mean, like what, 24. Like, you know, if he doesn't get it this year, he'll get it next year. Whatever. <laughs> It's, it's fine. The same thing with fields. Like people keep talking. About the if it was a competitive game, I'd understand, right? Like, but if they're like up against this this Peterman, the Bears are trying to get they because they know the Texans are dying to fuck this up. Like they know, like the Texans could outright beat the Colts. Like no one would even be blown away because the Texans have been trying to win games this last month. They've you know they tried to beat the Cowboys, they tried to beat the Chiefs, they did beat the Titans. The Bears are like, hold on, Justin Fields, you got. <laughs> You just got to hold that. We're going to hold you out. And we're going to see if the Texans actually give us a shot here at this number one pick. I'm in this uh, a survivor pool, and it's a fun concept. You got to play every single team throughout the season once, right? And there's some yeah. weeks to get it. So you got to play two, te- two, two teams some weeks. And I have the Colts. <laughs> I'm in first place, and I got the Colts and Sam Ellinger against Houston. So uh, I don't know if I, I guess if you're going to play the Colts, this is one of the better spots to have them. But, you know, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully they hang on. That's going to be a miserable game. Davis Mills versus Sam Ellinger. And that's the battle for number one you're talking about, obviously, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, thoughts as far as Tennessee? Like, is Josh Dobbs somebody we can consider playing uh, when, you know, Mahomes, the great Jared Stidham, Trevor Lawrence, are the, are the other options here, John? Um, I mean, Henry, of course, is going to be popular. Um, they're going to want to grind it with him as much as possible, I would imagine, until if they are behind change of plans to some degree, but yeah, Tennessee's offense. What's your take as far as the Titans? I never try to say no to the cheapy quarterback on two on short slates, but at the same time, it is Patrick Mahomes who is not really failing in his own right. I mean, we'll get there in a minute, but it's more about just him and the chief stacks being so expensive that it then becomes hard to fit everyone else in a 10 to 13 game slate with them. That's not the case here in a two-gamer. So I can imagine that people probably try to squeeze Trevor Lawrence. They'll box score hunt to the Titans, the same results that Rich mentioned earlier, and get those double stacks in with Titans runbacks. Everyone tries to play Chig and 
Burks anytime they get a chance to. So that's probably the more popular option. But yeah, I, I do even lean towards a Trevor Lawrence stack and Derrick Henry. I mean, dude, the, the last three games before he even had to be rested and he should have been playing these. Well, he should have been playing these games, but he was clearly hampered. But Derrick Henry is still handling 91% of the Titans backfield touches without Dontrell Hilliard, who's still an IR. So yeah, I still think it's just an amazing every touch spot coming off rest for Derrick Henry, where we could even see him involved in the passing game more, as we saw the week prior to him being benched for rest. Rich, what do you want to add as far as the Titans? Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, it, it, at least you know, like Dobbs has like the spade of like you could you run into on a short slate, like him running around, right? Like you know, could you could you luck box into like a twenty yard rushing touchdown or something? You know, I mean, something along those lines. That still exists in the range of outcomes, but. Yeah, listen, they're, we know the game plan. They're going to try to give Derrick Henry 50 touches if they could in this game. Like, if <laughs> there's no maybe cap with him getting the rest that he had, he's gone over 100 yards for scrimmage in 11 of his past 13 games. It's interesting is when these teams played last time, the, Jack, uh, the Titans got out of the gates quick. Like, they scored their first two drives. Uh, the big dog had 96 yards in the first quarter, and then he had just had six carries for 25 yards the rest of the game they got kind of game scripted out he also had two fumbles he has he's had he's had some fumbling issues here down the stretch um but we know like they are going to give him the football as much as they can that was the game the titans had four turnovers too so mm-hmm. like that's a big swing of things that if it doesn't happen we could see a completely different game do you want to say what's up to those of us that are watching us live on the youtube hit that like button subscribe lots of love here for rich chris is saying thanks for the like evans call um, several people, big, big grip is shouting out, uh, the, the Evans call the, and then the Ryan's yes. The 5% that played him showed up to the show to thank rich. Thank you guys. <laughs> Happy new year. Happy new year's to all, <laughs> all six still- of the people. I want to do the curb your enthusiasm bit. Can we still do happy new year? It's the fourth. It's kind of in the gray area. Mm-hmm. It's not I can't help but think about that bit now. Well, that was New Year's Day when he did all that. So (laughs) I'm counting it as, you know, the Mike Evans New Year. Uh, With the Chinese calendar, it's the year of the Evans. (laughs) Ryan just wants to say, nice shirt, Dagle. Dagle, what's on your shirt? I can't really see what's going on. It is our good friend, Ryan McDowell, Dynasty League Football. There you go. Represent. And Big Grip is giving me props for Parkinson. I kind of said it half-jokingly, for the record. <laughs> I did play him on the afternoon slate. I had a nice lineup with Parkinson on the afternoon slate. Yeah, run him uh, back this week. Yeah, I don't know if I'm running him back. We'll see. That Dude, I mean, run him back. It's like roulette. You hit on roulette, get off that table, man. You do not. The longer you stick around. Every color yeah. every color is red in week 18. I mean, look at these plays. <laughs> Just play him. He's a tight end. Run him back. Yeah. Stidham is green. I get, you know, it's a wild card. Who knows what Jared Sidham's going to bring? Oh, oh, yeah. He's the double zeros, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a bigger racket? Like, like we're making a lot of money, but we're not making too much money. How do we make more money? Oh, I got it. Double zero. Like, are you serious? <laughs> like, you already got the zero. Now we need two whammies out there. All right. Uh, Jared Sidham. Who wants the game to take for Jared Sidham against the Chiefs? Yeah, I think say. he's fun, man. Uh, I think he's fun. I think he's definitely in play. Are we going to get the run out like we had to the degree we had last week? Probably not. But uh, he came in here and hucked it around, man. Uh, 10.7 yards for pass attempt led all passers in week 17. He was fifth in air yards for pass attempt. Uh, 24% of his throws were 20 yards or further downfield. It was the highest rate in the league. Like he, he was out here like his mom's spaghetti, man. I got one shot. I'm, I'm out here winging it. And he's honestly, they got good players. 
Like that's the thing. Like they, it's not like you know maybe a situation when we try to stump for Sam Howell later. He's actually got some good receivers too. But you know, Stidham has really viable playmakers. I mean, Darren Waller's back. He scored a touchdown the first drive. He had another uh, nice slot fade to Darren Waller later. And uh, Devonte Adams still turns out he's really good at football too as well. Because um, that's a no joke defense that they absolutely shredded. So we know they're going to have to score points. The chiefs can try to lock in the one seed or depending what happens with this game from Monday night. Uh, so we know the chiefs are going to go all out. This total got bumped up early too. I think it opened at 50 and it's already at 52 and a half. So we know yeah. people are on it. Uh, so there's definitely pushback here. And then the chiefs have been a team we've targeted all year. I mean, they're 31st in passing points allowed per game. They've allowed the highest touchdown rate to opposing passers in the NFL, the ghost of Russell Wilson has gotten him twice too. Uh, you know, why not? Right. Like, honestly, like it's like, they said, the thing with Mahomes is you, he's hard to stack because you, the player you want to stack him most with kind of cripples you, uh, even on a small slate. Uh, and then the other guys are really kind of a whack-a-mole situation. Whereas we know like Stidham, you can play with Devonte Adams. Right. And then maybe fit Kelsey in coming back because of the money you save. Uh, so I think Stidham's live. Do you have a favorite pairing? All things considered, like obviously if you have the salary, it's Adams, but considering everything, or have you dug into the slate? Have you built the lineup yet? Or what does mm. your instinct say as far as the best pairing with Stidham? No, but I would think that you, you would probably try to use something like Stidham Adams. That's And then that's how you get to Kelsey, although Adams is going to probably eat that up. Um, but if there's a way to do it, uh, that's the way I think you try to get there. Anything you add, John, by all means, go for it. Otherwise, jump over to Kansas City. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty much as Rich mentioned for Stidham. I mean, he even averaged eight and a half yards per attempt under pressure. Uh, you know, the the highest A dot in the league last week as well. That's not the quarterback that threw for two touchdowns in eight games prior to Sunday. Like, he threw three touchdowns this game. I don't know who the hell that person was. But remember, that's like arguably the best defense in the league with and the player who in the same game made his case, put a stamp on his defensive player of the year nomination for Nick Bosa. And yet Jared Stidham still may have been the best player in that game. Again, I don't, I don't know what the hell happened, but also Darren Waller, I still think is live here. Even, you know, as a short slate, you want to flex him out and put Travis Kelsey in your tight end too. more than fair with Jared Stidham as a unique way to stack that game. So that's kind of the ways I'm thinking about playing it. Josh Jacobs was a DMP Wednesday, but as we know, they probably just resting him knowing that they're likely to give him every single touch. And then for the chiefs, he's leading in rushing yards. So I think they'll try to get him some. Um, and then on the other side for the chiefs, it's just interesting. Why, what also makes the Raiders instead of interesting is that like Vegas and rightfully so keeps giving the chiefs, these 31 point team totals keeps making them double digit, nearly favorites, but they're one seven and one against the spread in their last nine games. Like they're just, although they're scoring the ball, they're literally not, not covering. And thus teams are just keep on sticking around and keep matching the chiefs point for point. That's all. We're also attacking their defense every week. So of course the Raiders can keep it close and keep it live. Like they didn't give up last week. They obviously fought for Josh McDaniel into overtime. So I wouldn't think they give up in, you know, the second time they see an opponent who's actually competing for a playoff spot here. Yeah, I mean, the Raiders are bad and they've blown a lot of leads, but you look at like their metrics over the course of the season, like they've largely been a good offense and they played close games, right? Like, and they did it the first time these teams played, like it was all the way down to the end of the game where the Chiefs had pulled it out by one point. Are we going to get that run out? Probably not, but they're going to, I think they'll score points here. Jacobs, you said leading the league, I had to check. He's up by 150 yards on the next guy. 
man, yeah. I mean, Nick Chubb can get it if you if you just want to sit sit on Nick Chubb not getting it. Like you know that he's gonna get a chance <laughs> to break some long runs. So I think he'll need to tack on like an, an extra fifty. I thought Jacob season was over in the Hall of Fame game when he when he played one too many series. <laughs> a lot of people did, man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and pending free agent, they didn't extend him before the season. New regime. Uh, a lot of the only are, bummer is is Matt Harmon brought this up on a power podcast. I was on them. Like this feels like Demarco Murray all over again, right? Like they're just because they, he's not under contract next year. It feels yeah. like they are just draining him. Every time someone brings up the fact where Josh Jacobs was drafted earlier this year as well. You also have to remind them that the people that had them him in the playoffs and even the best ball playoffs probably didn't advance to the next round. So, like, they got there, they got to sweat it out, but then he put up an all-timer, just like Ramondre, and knocked teams out single-handedly. John, your favorite receiver on Kansas City? Um, Kadarius Tony seems to be getting more work, or at least, you know, at least whenever he's out there, he's getting a heavy usage, right? Um, theoretically, I, I think they probably want to work him up to be the guy, one of the guys in the playoffs more so than like Miko Hardman and Watson and more. I think that to me makes sense. Does that make sense to you? We're also watching injuries here because Miko Hardman, I believe was activated from IR today. And so even if he plays, you have to question how much he's immediately worked back in since the way they're using him is essentially how they use Miko Hardman. Sky Moore also suffered a hand injury exited that past game. I did not see his practice report today, but overall, like, now we have, last week, 71 receiving yards on only a 32% route rate. So you would think that if Tony is going to suddenly walk into this more voluminous role because they can't bring Hardman back at full strength, then he would be an option, especially on a two-game slate. So I can certainly see a scenario where we get sneaky with him as a cheaper option on a short slate. Yeah, is Hardman there- basically was the – he had the touchdown baton before McKinnon yeah. did – so, you know, his impact could also have a trickle down to how they've used McKinnon in the red zone, right? Like, because that's when McKinnon's spike coincided exactly when Hardman exited. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Maybe we'll get a new guy for the playoffs for the Chiefs that just scores a touchdown every game. <laughs> is McKinnon right now, is he in the uh, the Aaron Paul, the Justin Pickman zone, if I can't like, keep getting away with it? Or, I mean, five straight games with a receiving touchdown, first running back in league history to do that. It sounds like uh, that's the Aaron Paul zone. Uh, one touchdown for every five touches his last two games as well. And he hasn't had any really significant touches the last two weeks. Yeah. Like, but you know, Hey, give me the hottest take you can come up with or, uh, you know, your boldest take is somebody going to take the biggest stand on here, John, that like you think in comparison to the field, uh, feel free to be as ambitious as you want to be. And it's hard to say what ownership's going to be now on Wednesday night, but you know, your general feel, who do you think uh, you know, you're going to have a stronger stand on as opposed to everybody else? Mahomes. No, no, no. I want to play Stidham. Stidham double stacks with some weird bring back like McKinnon and Tony um, onslaughting that game with Derrick Henry. And I think I like Zay Jones over Christian Kirk right now. All right. Uh, Rich, see that and raise it. No, I'm also team Zay over Kirk uh, for that particular matchup. I will say too, don't forget like Hunter Renfro lives too. And they, you know, Chiefs have been smoked <laughs> by slot receivers. Uh, he's going to be out there. He will be exercising. Uh, so if you're looking for a guy that's out there exercising, uh, like we kind of talked about, like a lot yeah. of people are going to go back to those Jaguars guys. Like they're going to be pretty heavily owned. Yeah. Do you like anybody beyond Kirk and, and Jones? So Zay Jones can mark all of a sudden do something or Agnew or is that 
Is that asking? They're not really playing a lot as a thing, so you kind of really got to kind of try to luck box into something. I mean, Marv from the matchup stance, like where the Titans get beat makes a lot of sense. It's just he's not playing like a a ton of snaps, and they're peppering in Agnew a little bit. So it's just kind of whack-a-mole, right? Like you're just guessing. They they haven't allowed the Titans a running back to reach 60 yards since week three. That was Josh Jacobs. It's a pretty good tight end slate, considering it's just two games. So Ingram, you know, it Waller, is a, yeah, Hooper had his most season thirteen high. games. Yeah, Hooper yeah. had his season high of yardage against the Jags in this game. The Jags defense isn't good either. That's the other no. thing. <laughs> Maybe two tight ends is like something that you can consider. I I have not messed with the lineup. I'll be honest, but just just kind of like thinking it, just kind of staring at the slate. But all right, uh, that was just the appetizer. The main course, of course, is the uh, the thirteen gamer. No team or no total <laughs> higher. On this 13 gamer, then 43 and a half. 43 and a half is the highest total on the board. Uh, and Nathan Peterman's a quarterback can win that game. <laughs> what are we talking about? That's insanity. Um, yeah, Rich, I mean, you know, let's just give our fair plays position by position. Uh, or if you have any general thoughts before we're going to dive in on that, of course, stay tuned to the news flow. Uh, oh, yeah. That's that's uber. It's always important, but definitely important more so this week than every other week. Also, like you know, four o'clock games motivation can change based upon what's happening in the one o'clock games. Um, There's one also, of those, yeah. And Fanduel wanted us to st- keep talking about the Lions because they were flexed a Sunday night, and Vandal's like, "Screw it, people love playing the Lions. They're going to be their main slate. It's going old school." If you guys are playing DFS long enough, you recall. Yeah, it used to go well. Used to, before wait, wait, showdowns, school. before showdown slates. Yeah, pre-showdown, they would just go to, um, you know, well, they would go to Monday night, and then they went to Sunday night. People were very upset, by the way. Like, they wanted their Monday night and Sunday night sweats. But I actually like the change. Which uh, you can but, still play, those slates. People forget those slates still yes. exist. <laughs> and, like, the edge is still had in just simply not playing the Thursday night players yeah. and using late swap, and yet people still play, like, all the Thursday night players in those slates. Well, I got to yeah. watch, like, you know, it used to be the, the joke used to be like the Jags, but now the Jags aren't a joke, like DFS wise. Who's the team like that's on Thursday night and doesn't score any points? Oh, Colts uh, or somebody. Yeah. Uh... There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but people uh, be like, yep, I got jam Alec Pearson. There's no way I'm watching this game unless I get Alec <laughs> Pearson in the lineup. I'm not going to watch CSI Miami or whatever else is on. Um, all right. John, what do you have? Uh, a general overview? Is there anything that stands out that you think is worth pointing out before we kind of give our position by position stuff? I think we're in a situation where we're questioning how much some starters will play. Uh, Also, like I look at the top like a Josh Allen against the Patriots defense, which we try and continue attacking with above average quarterbacks. If we are to get there, since the Patriots are playing for their lives and the Bills may be be playing for, uh, well, it depends what happens with the Chiefs-Raiders game, but the Bills still have a, a chance to at least tie the Chiefs, and so they could be playing that game as well. Jalen Hurts. We don't know his status just yet, and Vegas thinks he's very clearly healthy. The line was up to 14 points. I think you have to line shot for it. I believe it's like 12 and a half at some spots now. But Brian Dable still coach of the year. He's still adamant they're going to play as starters. I and Vegas do not think so. But if Jalen Hurts is even like somewhat hurt, knowing the Eagles are still going out for number one seed, I think it is a sneaky spot to potentially stack Hurts here as well at the top. And other than that, we're just kind of peering around, getting cheap quarterbacks in. It's, I mean, there's nothing to hide here. It's an ugly slate. It's really, really ugly, but also makes it fun if you're paying attention and locked in through Sunday morning. 
Yeah, I thought we were going to get Ty God. Uh, we still might. We'll see. Stay tuned. I, yeah. I thought it was going to be like 4K, 5-1 on DK, which is still interesting. But you know, he was always a fun play back in the day. Unless, of course, he sees the doctor right before the kickoff. And we don't want to talk about that. And uh, the Chargers, I think it was. I think it was the Chargers. Yep. Was. Oh, my gosh. What a disaster that was. Um, but, yeah, 14-point line is massive. Like, Philadelphia wants to win, but, like, you know, how much they actually have to do. It seems weird. You got to build. You got to build a 14-point cover. You can't just cover yeah. 14 points by not scoring 14 points. Rich, you have anything it's worth pointing out before we're going to dive in and just kind of give our favorite plays by position? Yeah, I mean, there's just a couple of things that, to monitor. I mean, obviously, even if the team say these guys are going to dress like Dayball, I mean, how much does that mean they're going to play, though, too? Uh, I would be pretty floored if Saquon Barkley plays. I mean, he leads the NFL in snaps played. I yeah. mean, I would, I would find it pretty shocking that they put him out there. Uh, and they've already tried they, – like, if you look at, like, the course of the last month, when they've had opportunities to kind of alleviate Saquon's workload, they have taken advantage of those spots. So – Maybe we get like a Gary Brightwell game. The problem with like that, though, if you're chasing a spot like Gary Brightwell, is like he's going to be playing with potentially backups against the team playing for the number one seed in the NFL uh, that has a dominant defense, right? Like, so what's the run out? I think we're more looking at like a guy like Jordan Mason, right? Christian McCaffrey is dealing with this mid ankle sprain. They activated Elijah Mitchell. Does that mean Elijah Mitchell's going to play? We don't know. Obviously, we would love to get a situation where just Jordan Mason is the guy for week 18 or is going to basically if CMC dresses, like we know he's not going to play a lot. Uh, so you definitely want to see if CMC practices in full, I think the rest of the week, uh, cause Jordan Mason's been hot. I mean, he has a small sample, but he's averaging 6.6 yards per carry. 29% of his carries have gone for a first down or touchdown running back league average is 22%. So he'd be a guy I definitely would be kind of like peering through like the news and notes on uh, trying to get like a, a some added in, like insight onto what exactly the 49ers might do with Christian McCaffrey this week. Cause they're another team that's a, a huge favorite. Um, they need to win this game to stay at the two seed, which gets, you know, two home games minimum. Um, well, you have to win the first game home you get there, but you would get two home games. Uh, and they flooded the Arizona last time they played. The, you know, Arizona is just kicking the can here. Like Hopkins probably won't play. Marquise Brown was holding his arm after the game. James Conner got banged up. Like, we, and we talked about last week, we were like, why are they giving James Conner all these carries, yes. right? And here we are. Like, and like, here, here it is again, right? Like, for no reason. I mean, so Arizona's just finishing this thing out, man. They're on the road in San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco, you know, definitely, I doubt, has a repeat of what happened last week where they let Jared Stidham and, and, and a lot better playmakers, you know, make plays around them. So I definitely want to follow what's going on with Jordan Mason. So there was a note that Brown supposedly is going to play week 18, which seems a little odd. The Connor thing, like give the guy a break, give him a reprieve. It's been a long season for him. And the other thing is like San Francisco can move up theoretically if they win and Philadelphia wins, they're both playing four o'clock, but like Philadelphia, yeah, yeah we'll see. They're probably not yeah. going to lose to the Giants 14 point favorites. And uh, by the way, you mentioned Mason. Is he clearly like way ahead? I know people talk about this guy a lot in preseason TDP. Is it clearly Mason over TDP? He's been dust, man. Okay. So that, that, that would be the guy. That one game a couple weeks ago where they gave him nine carries. Uh, Especially was, because Mitchell's coming back for the playoffs. So, yeah. like, they, they like it's not like Mason's, like, even, record, like, needed then. Yep. Okay. Yeah, because I just, I just want to make sure. Because I know he was a buzz a buzz player, like, months ago, right? Um, quarterbacks. Uh, Rich, give me some quarterbacks or maybe just one that you like this week. How many? <laughs> give me your long list. 
I mean, Daigle talked to, I mean, I think pretty clearly if you have like a cash guy, like you would just go Josh Allen, right? Like it's, it's a must win game. Uh, you know, there's no way to really know how the bills are going to, you know, handle what's happened this week. You know, is it extra motivation? Do they come out flat? Um, but we do know they need to win this game. Uh, it is a spot where they've, you know, historically performed well. I mean, over the past three times these teams have played since the wind game. I mean, Josh Allen has thrown 10 touchdowns and no interceptions against the Patriots. Um, uh, it's a great spot for Diggs too, as a run back. Um, you, you, you talked about the motivation factor, you know, Geno Smith threw for a season high 370 yards when he last faced the Rams, uh, earlier in the season. Uh, they have to win. They play early or they play, um, before the lions do. So, you know, if they win that game, they're in, uh, so yeah, Geno Smith, I'd be looking at, and then, I mean, listen, I don't know how cute, I'm, I don't know if we need to get to Sam Howell this week, but I'm interested in Sam Howell. I, he was my QB two in this draft class. Uh, he is a very intriguing prospect. I mean, he was 93rd percentile for all prospects since 2000 and career yards for pass attempt coming out of college, 88th percentile in touchdown to interception rate. He ran for 830 yards and 11 touchdowns his last year at North Carolina. And he's throwing to like pretty good receiving core against the Dallas team that even last Thursday gave up some chunk plays to Josh Dobbs and Traylon Burks. And, you know, they give up eight, eight yards for passing to Davis Mills three weeks ago, Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew got them for QB one games. I don't think, you know, Howell's going to flirt with like a QB one performance, but he, I believe is stone men on both sites. Okay. Um, and I think he's pretty interesting because he's going to get the full run out now. So Hey, he's got nonsense there saying they're going to play Heineke. And but like, what was that? Why? I mean, listen, man, I, I can't <laughs> tell you what Ron Rivera did, didn't know things last week. There's a lot. It's they went to Carson Wentz. The <laughs> it's it yeah. sucks because like Rivera is like he is a leader of men. Like he's a guy that turned around yeah. an entire locker room too. He was like that's with the Carolina too. He's a good person and people follow him to war. Uh, but I mean, we've 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 now seen two weeks worth of what the hell's going on in Washington incidents. Yeah. I mean, how do you even put like who like didn't believe Ray Charles saw that outcome coming last week when you went back to Carson Wentz. Like, <laughs> I hammered Brown's money line last week. Oh, I man. do. I do want to second some support for Sam Howe though, because he finished his career with 92 passing touchdowns and three or fewer seasons in the ACC for reference Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence had fewer with 90 in the same amount of time. Like, Sam Howell could be very good. You ready for the player profiler uh, comp for Sam Howell? <laughs> I actually don't know it yet. <laughs> he played last week. Uh, is it Sam is it Jared he's, got same, he's got the very same first name as Sam Howell. Darnold? Sam Darnold is the best comparable, according to player profiler. Sam Darnold excited? was a we'll top 12 it. quarterback last week. We'll take it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean – I, I don't even know like how much is there one player that we absolutely like this is the guy we want because he's you know the nuts and he's fully motivated and that's that like it's not necessarily like Allen a quarterback if you have it sure I'm trying to think as far as the entire slate maybe we'll move on and figure it out as far as running back but I mean I think definitely there's some top plays like I said I think Allen and Diggs are definitely guys to pay up for and we don't know how much salary we're going to need to save or what really gets opened up that's why I say like Howell, like you might not even need that salary, right? Like you could probably yeah. easily get Josh Allen in with really good players this week. Um, I would say like pretty obvious. I, I would say Najee Harris definitely stands out 
as yeah. like a guy who's getting just like a massive workload. We know they have to win and they need help to get in. He's facing a Cleveland team that we have targeted roughly the entire year on the ground. They're a home favorite, although I think that's might be a stretch as well. We have to go back to this Cleveland money line. But Najee Harris looks like a guy that stands out that looks like a really good bang for your buck motivation. Everything lines up. I will add on top of that, too, because Najee Harris is on my list of players. Uh, he's also been like, I can't talk shit on him for the first half of the year and then not have his back the second half of the year when like maybe that foot injury did heal over the bye. And from week 10 on, he's been top five in success rate and EPA per play. Like he's he's added 30 yards per game like to his box score since the bye. And the Steelers are top six in run play rate. That's how you attack the Browns. It didn't work out for Brian Robinson. But before that, the Ravens averaged over eight yards per carry. Joe Mixon total over 100 yards. Both Kamara and Taysom Hill rushed for touchdowns in that Tundra game. So I think it could be a very good game here for Najee Harris. All right. And then, like uh, you said, on FanDuel, you're getting the gift of Packers-Lions because we know even if the Lions are eliminated, and it'll be a bummer if we get the reveal that they're eliminated before yeah. then. Um, but we know they're going to play hard, right? Like we do play straight up, I think. I think they'll mostly yeah. play straight up. Detroit. The Lions are going are, are gonna to play straight up. And there's a ton of cheap dudes in that. Like, you know, Dale kind of hinted at both Lazard and Watson. I mean – we're getting this, you know, man coverage based, you know, Lions team. I mean, they they play man coverage at the second highest rate in the NFL. And both of these Packers guys have just really wide splits against man coverage. Uh, the only w- wide receivers in the NFL to be targeted more against man coverage on a per out basis than Christian Watson this season are Tyree Kill, Drake London, DK Metcalf, and Amon Ross St. Brown. He's also third in the NFL in yards per out run against man coverage. So, we did see last week he came back. He was limited. He only ran a route on 61% of the dropbacks. But, dude, he has shot at some big plays. I mean, he he slid 130 air yards. They took money ball shots to him. So if he gets that that, that route rate back up to, to where he was, like 85 90% against this defense, huge upside. Lazard already had, you know, 80 yards and a touchdown. These teams played earlier in the year. He's getting targeted on 27% of his routes against man coverage, only 16% against zone. He's played back-to-back man coverage heavy teams, and he's gotten good target counts. So both of those guys are really cheap and easy to put back. And like I said, FanDuel's giving you the gift of those guys on being just on the main slate. And on the other side of that, the Packers are the only defense allowing over 10 yards per target to boundary receivers. So we can go right back to DJ Shark as an ancillary player here. And then the Packers, although they are – football outsiders number one defensive DVOA since week 10 they're still allowing explosive plays in particular on the ground like they are third in rate of 10 plus yard runs since week 10 also allowing 5.4 yards per carry in that span and DeAndre Swift looked like that dude last week like he looked like he was finally healed that it all finally clicked in one game the Jamal Bears do that to a lot of dudes that they do that too <laughs> yes but the pack the Packers are equally bad on the ground and we knew the Vikings weren't going to do that the Vikings didn't do anything in fact but like the Lions if you do let them just out physicality you they will they did that against the Bears. So maybe like we do get some good splits here for Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift as well. I still go back to that damn game where Miles Sanders did absolutely nothing against the Bears. And I was so heavy. It's like, you know what the hell? Because like the next week, the Bills run for like 300 yards on the Bears. And then like the weekend, <laughs> last week, last week, dude, Jamal Williams, Jamal Williams hadn't run for more than four yards per carry in a game since like week five. And he rushes for like a buck 44 and he's excited to go home play Pokemon. Uh, the Miles Sanders absolutely did nothing. <laughs> just bricked that game. I think Jamal had his career longest uh, run uh, ever in that game as well. Um, and also Green Bay fully incentivized. And forget Detroit. Like they can be potentially incentivized. 
but Green Bay is in winning their end, right? That's yeah, it. Winning they're winning their end. So there's full incentive for the Green Bay side to matter what. And I do think even if the Rams beat the Seahawks, it's like Rich said, it is a Dan Campbell team. Like if it's a lie, you fight on this lie. They will spin the narrative that if we can't go to the playoffs, you aren't going to the playoffs, and they'll come out and try to kick ass. Yeah, yeah I mean, you have a situation like Goff. Like Goff is really trying to cement that like he belongs like the, another year or what? You know what I mean? Like because they're going to have a high draft pick via the Rams, and like Goff's been awesome the back half of the year, and like you know he's definitely not going to lay down. Like he's going to keep trying to. He, yeah. This might be his last shot, right? Like, you know, he's he's not trying to concede any ground. Um, so, yeah, for sure, man. I, th- I think we see this game play out. It just stinks from, from a Lions player perspective and a consumer perspective that we will – we may know that they are eliminated beforehand. Yeah, the Lions need Seattle to lose. Seattle yeah. plays against the Rams, so they're probably not going to lose. We'll see. I mean, you never know. Baker's had a couple moments here in the sun since he he, he got in the hands of McVay, and the, they did play with Wolford. Uh, it was, you know, in L.A. the last time they played, but they played Seattle to the wire. Well, that's a segue to running back. Uh, Cam Akers, by the way, I'm looking at – and this is super, super early, but, like, raw points – Cam Akers is like in our top running back points projection, which is, yeah, welcome to week 18, I suppose. Sure, you know, all that volume is there. CMC is number one, and we don't even know how that's going to turn out. Again, stay tuned. Everything is fluid. Uh, John, some of your favorite running backs this week. Yeah, you already mentioned Cam Akers. I think Ken Walker, I'm not playing them together. I do have a feeling, though, he would get steamed in this situation. Everyone, you know, grasp for the lowest hanging fruit for the narratives and they're thinking okay seattle's more motivated so they'll probably play ken walker it is a good salary he just hangs around at that mid six four range all year long on dk but at the same time if he's going to get steamed then yes we can just go ahead and pivot to the opposite game script and in cam Akers, uh miles sanders as well I, th- I think is still a good play to go back to if you're not playing jalen hurts knowing that they are just coming out with the same game plan they had before hurts got injured because they have to lock down the number one seed. And I don't think I have any cheapies for anyone, honestly. So hopefully, Rich, you can hand that to us. Algier, I throw him in the conversation. He's still kind of splitting, sure. though. You know, it's just annoying him and Patterson. Yeah, um, yeah that's the, the 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 rub, right? Is that I feel like he would just get the lion's share of the carries. We know he's going to smash because the run game's been good against everybody. The Bucks may eventually pull guys at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He'll probably he's probably popping in some early optimals too because of how he's played. I mean, he's he's still been an RB one in three straight games. I mean, he still had ninety five yards and a touchdown. It's just that Patterson still handled enough work and got a goal line carry inside the five carry uh, to kind of be like a potential thorn for ceiling. Uh, I don't know what to do with Dalvin Cook. I just don't think the game like I'm just not really projecting the game to be like that close to where like they need to really put Dalvin Cook at risk in the second half of that game. And he's been flat out awful. Mm-hmm. Um, in the team, it's been a, like a top down from a team perspective. Like they just haven't been able to run and they put another, uh, they put their right tackle, Brian O'Neill on IR. They're down, you know, they've, they've been constantly losing linemen. Um, they're going to be a fun conversation next week. A lot of people I think are going to be betting against the Vikings next week. It's going to be interesting to see if we need to pivot and go the other way. But the man, the last two weeks, the bears are allowed 265 and 254 rushing yards. <laughs> I mean, Holy smokes, man. Uh, maybe it's Alexander Madison, but like you have to get some more clarity if you like those things are all tough. Like those are all tournament based guys. Uh, I think from cash, you're still looking at Najee, Daigle said Kenneth Walker, 
uh, you know, maybe some other guys like a Nick Chubb who maybe has an outdoor shot at still like the rushing title if he has like a monster game. The, the stupidest thing too is that Alexander Madison on DraftKings is not even like close to minimum. Like he's fifty. No, he never is. He's fifty one hundred. It's like how did we how did we get here? He probably should be though, because like if yeah. somehow if Cooks rolled out and he was four K, it's just like we were playing with one less player because they're just gonna lock foot right. Madison. I do like that they probably still backup guys like that. They all the I think all the the handcuffs to the big backs should be like that. We ran into like earlier this year when we got the Tony Pollard week week. Remember, like you know, it was like all right. Well, he's in every. Remember, he was ninety percent in lineups. It was like who's the ten percent of people not playing him? (laughs) That 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 might lead me to Jonathan Williams at forty three hundred on DraftKings because let's see let's see Brian Robinson status. He's clearly been banged up the last two weeks. Yeah, we don't even know like what it means. Like, would Rashad White play more, or is it just going to be Keyshawn Vaughn? Like, there's there's a lot of things we don't know. We talked about Gary Brightwell, like Malik Davis could be interesting, maybe right. Josh, Josh Kelly is also interesting. Yeah, and then you have the Josh Kelly. The interesting thing about that, though, is he might be a pure late swap guy, right? Like you catch people sleeping because I think the Chargers have to prepare for those guys to at least start the game because if the, if the Ravens win, the Ravens did beat the you know the Bengals earlier in the year. These teams are very different spots than they were at that point. But if somehow the Ravens do win that game, uh, then the Chargers will play their guys a little bit further. But if the Ravens lose that game, you give him a drive or two. Austin Eckler has had a massive workload this season. Like he's he, you might not even see him if 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 that if that's the case. Then you get a lot of Josh Kelly. But that is even to a wild card. Like if they're already in, like would they save Josh Kelly or just would this be like the sacrificial Isaiah Spiller game? Just go ahead. Which is annoying <laughs> since they just waved Sony Michelle too. So it right. would have to only be Isaiah Spiller. Mm-hmm. What's really important though is that, that five spot they want to play the winner of Titans Jags as opposed to. What bills? I mean, be careful what you wish for. Chargers got smoked by the Jaguars earlier in the year. Well, you'll take that. Or, or, sure. or what, the, the Chiefs are behind door number two, or the Bills. I do. I get it. I But if you have, you can handpick. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I mean, one of the one of the worst things, like, have you ever been in a fantasy league where if you get, like, the top seed, you could pick who you play? Yes. Man, dude, like, you think that you're doing the right thing? Man, it, how many times does that come back? Oh, it's, yeah, that, that's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a fun concept, though, and, you know. It is. It, it gets people riled up. Um, all right, well, let, let's talk about uh, receivers. Some are, but I would just throw Zach Moss into the conversation. He, he might be interesting. I don't know. Uh, against Houston in a dome? 
Maybe they run him into the ground. Uh, Deion Jackson, is he still in the doghouse? Not now, sure. Now, now that sports betting is legalized, Rich, Zach Moss is the perfect guy for you to bet to lead the league in rushing on Sunday because he could. <laughs> it's in his range That's of outcomes. He could yeah, also yeah. have 30 yards, though. But either way, that means you won't get limited because you're about to get limited soon. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I want to love Zach Moss, but, like, his last two matchups were, like, top-down, like, cream cream of the crop too right like you know you face the giants and chargers the last two weeks like every week we look who's facing the giants and chargers and it's not his fault he has averaged five yards per carry in both games you know four nine and five four so maybe it's just the game script issue which who knows the sam ellinger if it is still a game script issue but that's that's the annoying thing we talked about it last week a little bit too and we glossed over it here but it's like aaron Rodgers is yet again in an elite spot yep. and it doesn't even matter like Ooh. He, he rushed for a touchdown last week. It still wasn't a top 12 quarterback. The dude just does not have a ceiling. To be fair to Rodgers last week, they lost two possessions. Like, you, you had a yeah, kickoff return touchdown. Short. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, because well, Keyshawn yeah. Nixon is awesome. Yeah, that's you fine. had a kickoff return touchdown and an interception return for a touchdown. And then he sat the whole fourth quarter. Yeah. But if he so was I will be somewhat Jack. there. He still was only averaging six and a half yards or pass up against the Vikings. If he was playing blackjack with his DK points, he would not bust once the entire season. I'm pretty sure he's had yet to hit over 21. No, no, no. But um, the other thing, too, with Rodgers, if you're looking at it from like a fan duel stance where he is in the main slate, there we have so many quarterbacks now that we might not be able to play <laughs> that it's kind of pushed him up by default. Yeah. Because like now yeah. even Herbert, like Herbert might have had something to play for. So now he goes down, right? And Justin Fields is out. Like, so like, it's like, you just keep knocking off these pegs and it's like, here's another rung. And it's like, cause even if you have Rodgers at like QB 12 or like QB 13, now we're knocking off two more guys. It's like, well shit, now he's QB 10. And then, you know, we knock off another guy that he's quickly QB nine, right? <laughs> <laughs> Last man standing is Aaron Rodgers. Yep. That's kind of where we are this week. Yeah. It's not about who you like. It's who you like dislike the least or who's like less. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, by the way, I did run some apples in the fly. Uh, you're talking about it. Algier, uh, and again, Wednesday night, do not hold us to this. Understand things are changing. But Algier, Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, Joe Mixon, Najee, Ramonde, Ramondre Stevenson, James Conner. Like those are the next, those are the ones that are hitting apples right now on a Wednesday night. Um, but mostly Algier, Sanders, Akers, all above 50%. All right. Even, even Corey Clement is pretty much priced up on DK and Fandel too. Like it wouldn't be a situation you go to him either. John, some wide receivers. Um, you can start with Rich. I lost okay. my Rich, uh, I, I mean, I brought up the Packers guys. Like I said, Stephon Diggs stands out. I mean, he's another one of these guys. He, you know, he is due for a little bit of a slump buster. He did have seven for 90 and a touchdown against the Patriots earlier in the year. Had another shot at like a 50-yard touchdown that Allen just overthrew him on. Uh, but the Patriots play man coverage, the sixth highest rate in the league. Diggs is another one of these guys just destroys man coverage, 32% target rate per route compared to 23% per route against zone. And we brought up the two uh, Saints guys. Chris Olave needs 18 yards for 1,000. Obviously, it's not like a huge run out. He can get that on one catch. But uh, this is the run back spot for Mike Evans, right? Like, So with J.C. Horn out of the lineup, the Panthers have allowed a league high 78% of uh, boundary wide receiver targets to be completed this season. Even with Horn available since week 10, they've allowed 14 and a half yards per catch to opposing boundary wideouts. That's 30th in the league. Uh, Shahid has outscored Chris Lava in their past three games. Uh, you know, he plays 74% of his snaps outside. We saw him get a nice double move on James Bradbury last week. 
both of those guys, I think, are pretty live. Because we know the Saints are another team that probably aren't going to lay down. Like, that's probably a game that will be largely be played straight up as well. That doesn't really mean anything. Uh, because, you know, Steve Wilkes, those guys are really starting to champion to wanting to play for Steve Wilkes and wanting him to come back as the head coach. Uh, and who knows what's going on with Dennis Allen, if the players like him, but uh, we know that they're going to try. Whenever you say Steve Wilkes, I think of the dude from uh, Jerry uh, Jerry Springer. <laughs> I think his name is very similar to like Steve Wilco or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what his last name was, but I do know Steve from Jerry Springer for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think his name is Steve Wilkos, if I'm not mistaken. Now I'm going to hit the Google. Now Drake London's probably still in play too, because uh, we don't. We I think one of the Bucks we know that is going to sit is Carlton Davis. Uh, and we saw them have a really tough time last week on the outside. They still have Jamel Dean. He practiced limited today, but I think we have a pretty good idea that Carlton Davis they're going to hold out another game. Um, so you might get London running against a couple backups here. Uh, that's really it. Steve Wilkos, there it is. Just had to confirm there. Uh, now that's going to be in your head the rest of the time. Every, every time you say Steve Wilkes, you're welcome. I apologize. I'm sorry. Uh, by the way, Drake London, the number one guy hitting optimals on a Wednesday night on TK. He's 4.9K. You know, uh, it makes sense, I suppose. Sure, why not? John, did you find your notes? I did find my notes. Um, not many, though. If you're going down, I guess we could do Greg Dorch again because who doesn't like 15 yards on 10 targets? But at least we know, wait, at least we know the slot for the 49ers is uh, where we attack them. They're six in yards per target from that spot. And then, you know, we keep on playing the snip, snap, snip, snap target share game for Terry McLaurin. But with Sam Hallander center, you would think just someone knows to feed their best receivers. So given that they given the Cowboys explosive play rate that Rich mentioned earlier, I'm down to run it back with a little Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, since we're about to talk about shitty tight ends too. Is there a, is there a draft pedigree with, with Dorch? I don't know his history. Is he somebody they want to like develop like going forward? Is he part of their future plans? No, he's been in the league for like five years. Yeah. Okay. He was a good prospect, though. He was hyper productive in college. He just never really got a shot. He was like a special teamer because he's a smaller guy. But uh, his his production profile is, is is massive. Like the dude was good in college. I'm just looking at their available receivers. Is this AJ Green's like last game ever, possibly in Arab Street? Yeah, I guess so. Could be. Maybe. I don't know. Like I don't know if his what his plans are, but, but I feel like it might be the end. Uh, I don't who's Andre Bacalelia? Is, is that a character from the Sopranos? Bobby Bacala is the other practice squad. I don't know. It's just a person. I don't, I'm, it looks like he's he caught a football last week. I think he had two targets. He, he did, in fact, catch a football. Yes, <laughs> in a football <laughs> that's that's week 18 in a nutshell. Did he catch a football last week? <laughs> All right, uh, tight ends, uh, Rich. Give us some tight end. We, we said how good the tight ends were in the two game slate. They must be amazing in the 13 game slate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Logan Thomas. I listen, I, Dean, I think you can roll your guy, Kobe Parkinson, the big unit, Kevin Nash, <laughs> big sexy. Roll him back, man. Seven targets last week. We don't know if Tyler Lockett's going to be 100%. It wasn't, he didn't leave the game because of his hand. He had a leg injury. So we don't really know what's going on extra there. The Rams have allowed a 9.1% touchdown rate to tight ends. Uh, since their week seven bye, they've allowed seven touchdowns to tight ends. It's the most in the league. Noah Fant had one last time these teams played. Uh, Noah Fant's not that fun of a play, though. Um, and listen, anytime the interim head coach brings up how athletic a guy looked and he didn't know he was on the team, maybe Alvaro is the guy we need. Uh I mean, it's just crazy that the, the, like a guy that was on the staff said that, like, you know, oh wow, this guy, this guy looks like looks like we have something here. Why it's is this shade, guy been right? playing? He, 
he knew who Albert O was a month ago. He's I'm still sure, enchanted. but yeah, he's still enchanted at, at the staff. But uh, yeah, definitely, he's so cheap. Why not, right? Yeah, I, again, it's hard to know like what we're going to need salary wise when Sunday rolls. But the around. Broncos are going to play all out. Like Russ is going to do the nano bubbles thing. Like he's not. They're they're not going to lay down. They're going to try to win. Yeah. I, well, they don't have their picks anyway, right? Yeah. I'm guessing. And like, all, all, is their entire draft gone? And then the one the picks that matter, I think, at least are gone. Uh, John, you want to sell us on any tight ends this week? Uh, on Fanduel, not on DraftKings, since you can play a big Bob Tanyan, chase those touchdowns. After he ran a season high route on eighty five percent of dropbacks last week, had three fifty two and one, and then it's just a perfect spot. T- uh, Lions allowing the third most schedule adjusted fantasy points to tight ends. Tyler Conklin has seen at least seven targets in his last three starts with Mike White. Dolphins, the worst team against tight ends, the most schedule adjusted fantasy points. And then if you're playing Bill Stacks, Hunter Henry was on the field for literally every snap and around 100% of dropbacks without Jonu Smith. It was the concussion protocol. Maybe Jonu returns since that was his obligatory one week out. But if Jonu Smith's out, you can just put Hunter Henry in your stacks. And the Patriots, uh, they, if they win, they beat the Bills. They move, they make the playoffs, correct? They, yes, winning in. I mean, it's still that's a tough. That's the toughest winning in on the board, but winning in, correct? Yeah, but they, they're going to try. They're going to they're going to do their best to try to like. Uh, to, to they can even play. lose and get in. I can. I mean, their their scenario for their losses, they need the Dolphins, the Steelers, and the Titans to lose if they lose, and that actually is all pretty possible. Yeah, the Dolphins need to win, and I think they need they need the the Jets to no no they need the Bills to beat the Patriots. Is that correct? Yeah, we already seen Skylar Thompson versus the Jets once this year. I mean, Man. we we saw the second half of Skylar Thompson last week. Yeah, Skylar Thompson's pretty rough. It's it was not go well. Well, you it's, have seen the last twelve quarters of Mike White though too. That's true. <laughs> that's true. He would have been much better off entering free agency, I mean, like you know, having a season seasoning a month ago. There was clearly a reason he had to find 10 doctors, not two. He had to find 10 doctors to approve him to return, and it was obvious why last week. Yeah. Um, all right, that's it. Anything else as far as a slate that's worth noting? Stay tuned. Yeah, just keep your eyes on stuff. I'm sure we'll get a lot more surprises, especially on these teams that are, are eliminated. Uh, you start to find out some guys maybe have been playing a little more banged up than we had privy information to over the last few weeks, and like DeAndre Hopkins, right? Like, Shutting down. Like, we'll see if anyone else gets shut down this week. We're going to talk our movies in a second. Before we do that, we're going to talk some Thrive as well. If I happen to see a, an interesting question or two pop up in chat, there are some questions popping up. Some people actually listen to us live on a Wednesday night. We do appreciate that. Most listening to us, uh, you know, the next day or something like that. Uh, Thrive Fantasy, you, you do not have to worry about uh, motivation. Well, individually, I suppose, to some degree. But join in on the Fantasy Prop Action on uh, this season at Thrive. It's an easy-to-play, no-salary-cap-style contest. Revolves around over-under-style player props. Each player prop has a fantasy score associated with that prop. The riskier the prop happens to be, the higher the fantasy score crew. Rack up the most points for your share of the prize pool. Use the promo code GRINDERS, that's G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S, when you sign up for a deposit bonus, up to $250 as well as free tickets. Terms and conditions do apply Check out Roto-Grinders review page, Drive Fantasy in the description for more. As far as those tickets, if you're not aware, uh, again, 100% deposit match up to $250. Two free $20 contest tickets if you deposit between $100 and $499. If you want to splurge, deposit 500 smackers and more, you get six free 
$20 contest tickets. Uh, let's give the people a couple winners. Producer Steve's got the picks up on the board. John, you get first selection. What's standing out for you? Uh, we will take – I know we have to eat the 10 points on the juice, but that's fine. Let's go Josh Allen at the top, 260 and a half over passing yards, more, against the Patriots where they can attack them. And then go down, even though we should eat the Mac Jones, just go under the total. But uh, <laughs> let's go down. And I saw – keep going one more, a little more. Oh, I'll take Terry McLaurin. Take those – what is that, 40, 30 points juice? Yeah for having a touchdown. If if Heineken can find it for a 26% target share, maybe <laughs> Sam Howell can, because Carson Wentz certainly could not. Um, by the way, Aaron Rodgers, 23.5. Oh, completions. Okay, I thought those fantasy points for a second. No, like, trust me. I, yeah, I looked. <laughs> just uh, bet the under every time. And you're, I mean, yeah, you're in the shade there. What do you have, Rich? He, What's standing out for you? He's completed 23 passes in one of his last five games. Yeah, I mean, listen, the Saquon under is probably the easiest thing you can get. You, you just hope he dresses. I don't know what the rule is for Thrive if a guy doesn't dress. Uh, but I assume they got to play like a play, I, I would imagine. Right. So, yeah, check that the one probably won't count then. And uh, Fandle and DraftKings is one snap. David Montgomery to not have a rushing touchdown has a different – like you're just – like touchdowns aren't easy. Like they just don't hand those out. No, uh, especially when Nathan Peterman's your quarterback. Uh, <laughs> and You're getting 30 points to the juice on that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, 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 you know, if you get like a pass interference in the end zone or it's something, you're probably boned, but you know, definitely that, uh, that also might be an interesting spot too, Dave Montgomery. Do they give any more look to the other guys because he's also a pending free agent, but you would have thought that they, they would have done that by now already. If that was the case, uh, what else we got? Mm, not looking. Dub's going to make a run for the rushing title. 78.5. Can he get over that? Maybe. Who is that? Nick Chubb. Chubb yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he needs a lot of yards, chance? but, I mean, uh, the Browns are definitely a team, I think, that are still playing hard to end the season. I mean, uh, definitely in these parts, they're already back to fire their coach. No city has ever wanted to fire the head coach more, like, every two years than Cleveland. Um, <laughs> the best coach they've had and, like, the the since, like, the, they've basically been back and, they, like, are gone. There's to get them out of here. Um, what else we got? Then nothing else is really jumping. You would think yeah. it'd be easier for week 18, but they're actually pretty tough lines this week. I would say the Kenneth Walker over 71 and a half with a 10 point uh, plus on that Rams are a tough run D, but we do figure that Seattle is going to, you know, be a home, your home favorite by a touchdown. They're going to grind him. He has had over 20 carries last two games too. And you know, just one big run from Kenneth Walker can get you there. Yeah. Uh, Dago, your boy, uh, Silva can hedge with Jamal Williams, right? I think he's still live for his, uh, his bet for Jamal Williams leading league in touchdowns. Good luck to yeah. him. And I, I know he irresponsibly bet that long shot, so uh, he probably <laughs> should get his ass to hedging right now. Yeah. Well, he, is he is he safe? Uh, Henry's down by two, I think. Yeah, right? Henry. Is it yeah. two? Is it two? Yeah. Is the difference? Yeah, because Jamal Williams had one last week, and then Henry rested, so it's now two. So not not necessarily safe. Good spot, yeah. but he'll know by Sunday night, but you pretty much have to get it in by Saturday. Uh, Jalen Hurts is two behind. Oh, oh I, don't, I actually don't know if it's running backs only or not. It can't be. It has to be rushing touchdowns. So, yeah. Interesting, yeah. Because I think he's safe on Eckler. I don't yeah, think we're going to see a lot of Because Eckler. he probably thought he was safe with Hurts injured, but 
uh, Jamal Williams actually like didn't separate himself at all the last like month of the year. I still, that's a great bet though, man. That's a great bet. Well, the Lions stopped falling on the one like 19 times in the game, basically. Funny how that happens. (laughs) Shane Zilstra turned into Jamal Williams. Do check out Thrive Fantasy again. Promo code Grinders, G R I N D E R S. When you sign up, deposit bonus up to $250, as well as those free tickets we talked about. Uh, Let's see. Rich, you won our movie bet last week. Do you want to put on hold what movie you're going to have? I don't know if we're going to show off your lineup. I know. You know, look, you you play who you tout. You touted Mike Evans. You threw Mike Evans at us, and we got smashed. I don't even think it was even close. I know my my lineup was not very good. I stopped looking very, very quickly. Congratulations to you. And we have two movie reviews as well. What are we doing? We're doing the reviews first, and they're going to assign us something, Rich? Sure, sure. That sounds good to me. Uh, the Longest Yard was was the movie that John assigned the crew. Producer oh, Steve yeah. will jump in her second as well. We watched, of course, the Adam Sandler version, not the, well, I guess Burt Reynolds is on both, but not the one he was featured in. I watched it last night on the Netflix. I have so many questions and observations. The cast is wild. Oh, yeah. That's the whole point. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Kevin Nash and his estrogen. Um, <laughs> if you guys don't know who Kevin Nash is, he's the gift, the guy who was like coming back from injury out of nowhere in a wheelchair. He, he, he did more than that, but yes, don't reduce, <laughs> him, don't reduce him to a one meme. Well, some people just don't know wrestling, you know, but yeah. And then there's there's uh, Goldberg and Austin and there's um, uh, Great Kali is also in it yeah, too, yeah. like nine yeah. foot seven. Uh, how, how are the guards favored? Tell someone to me. How are the guards like the clear favorite in that game? Because they get, one- <laughs> they get to practice together. That's why. I, I mean, yes. The the prison the prisoners the inmates had an NFL quarterback who did rig his last game, but still like they had to go find other players. But then of course the the key point here is when Mike Irvin shows up with his own jersey, you knew the game was over. It's like oh buddy, <laughs> Michael Irvin dug out his own jersey for this one. Yeah. Um. What what, what was your take? I have more questions by the way. I'll save them. I'm going to yield. But uh, Richard, Richard, thoughts? Is, it was a rewatch for you, right? You've seen lot longest yard. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I actually had seen it not that long ago too. I think it really? was just I it didn't was, know that. It was just on and I just like stopped. It was one of those stop on it like what sure. should I haven't seen this in a while. And I think it was cuz it was in the game the final game, right? Like the football stuff's not terrible. Like it's shot pretty <laughs> well. Uh you know, it's it's most of the guys are passable obviously like, you know, Nelly is a is a good athlete anyways. He's always playing like the rock and jock stuff and the the celebrity softball game stuff. They still do rock and jock. Is that a thing still? I've not turned on MTV in years. I cannot tell you. Those used to be amazing. Bring back Rock and Jack. Uh, the, the cow in right field and the baseball. The, the basketball hoop raised like 30 feet with the last minute of the quarter. Yeah, you have the hot spots on the court. Bring that back, please. Uh, if that if we get, if we're bringing back all these other terrible things, like you know, and things we don't even want brought back, bring back Rock and Jack. We we had watched a lot of artistic and good movies. I just thought I know the perfect time kill movie where I just think this is fun. The and idea are... that this would be on ESPN is amazing to me, though. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, if it, I understand the logistics, but if it was on ESPN, you would watch it. We would all sit down and watch it more than USFL. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I've watched. Is there DFS? I bet you. I give me give me Megan. Uh, I'm gonna lock Megan and Captain. Which, by the way. They had Chris Berman doing the announcing, right? Mm-hmm. And he got all yeah. the Bermanisms in. Whoop! He had to get that in there. And you remember, the, the, Megan, I'm convinced, was named Megan just so Berman could do his Megan bit back in the day. If you guys David, Megan. Up, David yep. Megan, but for the Giants. like, And he got his line in there. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the reason why Nelly was called Megan. 
Um, the last play of the game, the very last play of the game, spoiler alert, the convicts win. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sandler scores a touchdown. It's a touchback. He fumbles the ball. He didn't complete the play. He touches the pylon, the ball fumbles, and it, it touchbacks into the end zone. That ball should be a touchback of the 20-yard line. Actually, it was a two-point conversion. Nonetheless, it was not good. I know that's a different ending. That's not the ending Hollywood wants. Isn't there somebody on the – isn't there like Michael Irvin? Somebody on that on that set has to beg, look, that is – that's a – that's not – that they should not win. Is there no replay in this? <laughs> is there no credibility? I know the refs are rigged for the uh, spoiler alert again. They were rigged for the cheat, you know, for the, the guards at first. But you guys remember the play, right? He did not complete the play. He fumbled the ball into the end zone, not to be a killjoy. That was not that was not a successful two point conversion. I'm sorry. That is not what caretaker had in mind. So no, they did not <laughs> did not win. They won the game. Don't worry about those caveats. Did we have to kill Kiss Chris Rock? I got into that. I forgot that happened. Um, one more, by the way. Uh, why was Courtney Cox with Adam Sandler? She's a good-looking, like successful, multi-millionaire businesswoman. He's a quarterback. And she no, no, he was a quarterback. Now he was a he's a pariah. He's yeah, like quarterbacks have BDE, man. Like it's it's like confirmed. She, like we know this. It's a winner of other of whatever quarter. She can get quarterbacks that are actually not cheating and shaving points that are actually playing NFL games. They love Why is she with Adam Sandler with the bad boy energy? Oh, there's plenty of quarterbacks with BDE. <laughs> why? Wa- I mean, why was uh who was his wa- wife or girlfriend in Uncut Gems? Why was she with him? Why well, was? Why was like Adina Menzel with him, his wife in that well, movie? They weren't. Well. She's this Courtney Cox is super. Like she's a talented woman. She made a, a whole bunch of money in fashion or something like that. Why is she slumming with Sandler, who's a pariah? Like I, I, I don't, I, I didn't get that. But uh, I, I'm nitpicking. I apologize. I, I would like to think it was the NFL's pension program. <laughs> I don't know if producer Steve's jumping in here or not. If he has any thoughts regarding, he has no thoughts on the longest yard. I didn't get to I didn't get to rewatch it, but I've seen it three times before. It's yeah, more than most people. <laughs> but no, I didn't get to rewatch it. Do you remember the nonsense two point conversion that should have been a touchback? No, I actually don't remember that. Now that you're saying that, I'm gonna have to check that out. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even realize that. Yeah, it's I it's mean, still a better play than the annexation of Puerto Rico. That, that yes, play, yes, that play wouldn't have got a single yard. <laughs> By the way, the chat says bring back Slam Ball. Do you guys remember Slam Ball by chance? Oh, yeah, Slam Ball. Oh, if you want to tear your ACL, play some Slam Ball. <laughs> 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 pros versus Joe's is another one. Oh, yeah, like Pros versus Joe's. I forgot about that. That was fun. Spike TV, I think. I feel like that's a Spike TV show. Yeah. Um, anything else? It's a good soundtrack. I'll give it that. Um, it, was, it, was, it was fun. It's a fun watch. If you don't ask too many questions, you have a, have a good time with it. The cast is insane, like loaded, like Tracy Morgan, like just all the secondary pieces, like so much talent on that set. We've watched Joe worse Diaz. Sandler movies. What's that? I said we've watched worse Sandler movies. Yes, yes. I mean, they should put that in the back of the DVD. <laughs> you've watched. <laughs> you've watched this one's not on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we, we got anything else here? Or are we are we moving on to um to the movie I signed you guys? Yeah, let's go to that one. Yeah, which is totally different. It's Spanish language. Uh, I I uh, I just I, I was on a whole kick of watching Spanish language movies on Netflix, and I like a good suspense movie too. And this kind of put it all together. You had to actually read and pay attention, unless you understand Spanish. I don't. I took four years, but you know, forget most of it. Uh, the Invisible Guests. 
As someone well, yeah. who's got three kids, I'm well mastered at the art of c- caption watching. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's got a different title, right? Uh, like Richie found that it has a different title on the was it Amazon or wherever you found it? Because I guess it's the, the Spanish. I title. was trying to sort for Invisible Guest, and you sent me the link. And uh, oh, I forgot what the Spanish title was, but yeah, I had to find it through the Spanish title. Uh, but it was on Amazon. Like Comando or something like that. Yeah, I was able to watch it. Yeah. Um, so who who wants to? Go? I'm curious. You know, I, I assume all you guys went in cold on this. I don't know. But uh, Rich, give me the rundown. What was your experience? Did you enjoy this? Were you mm. mad at me for making you read? No, I'm not, I'm not mad at you. But this one was probably the biggest miss we've had, at least for me. Uh, this was a uh, – this movie watched a lot of David Fincher movies. It really, it really wanted to be a David Fincher movie. Um, okay. To me, just absolutely nothing was plausible in this movie, though. Like, I just couldn't get past just anything. It was one of those movies that felt like uh, someone came out of fresh out of, like, college writing class and, like, wrote. Um, where they're like, I got this great script and, like, got it taken off. But it is a, a, a well-shot movie. I like the direction of it. Uh, I'm not mad I watch it. But this one was a, a pretty large miss for me. All right. So, Longest Yard, totally plausible. <laughs> I mean that's different. I, yeah, it's, I it's a different kind of mindset. Okay, all right, fair enough. Um, John, what was what was your thoughts as far as the Invisible Guest? Uh, being one of Rich's best friends, I also watched this movie, and I said to myself two or three times, I was like, "Oh, Rich is gonna hate that." Like, uh, <laughs> I I know whenever something tries to be serious, not like Longest Yard, and then you have a scenario like planting a, a car tracker, just a normal person, like planting actual tracker or a normal person, like pushing a car in with someone, a living body. I was like, oh, Rich, Rich is just going to look fast. So I don't it. like when non-criminals do like really criminal sure, yeah, mastermind type shit. I'm like, <laughs> like it's really a bugaboo. And then this movie doubled down, not only having the non-criminal do criminal shit, they have basically like a regular car factory worker turned into like the greatest detective in the history of like man. <laughs> So like I was I was really I was really trying, man. I was I, I was <laughs> I when it was happening, yeah, three instances where I was like, nope, Rich is gonna hate that. Uh no, I you know, I, I think the way it was shot it was good. I think the surprise, you know, spin at the end, like we knew something was coming. We knew the entire time it was gonna be a shocking ending. I thought it was good. So overall, yeah, that and like subtitles, I, I really don't mind subtitles at all. We can go down whatever direction with this contest. But yeah, I thought it was thought it was okay. It was fine. All right. Uh, I know I know that's not the review you were looking for. Oh, no, no, no. I, I want the review to be your review, man. Like, if, if you liked it, if, say you like it. If, if you didn't like it, no worries. I, All good. I also watched, I watched it. it. I watched it the same weekend as Glass Onion, and it's, like, not the same, but also, like, Glass Onion is, like, a different way to do this correctly. And so I was just like, I don't know. I'm kind of let down by this one, but Glass Onion was fun. So Glass Onion was great. Um, not, as fun, not as fun as Glass Knife, but I haven't uh, watched it yet. It's fun. I won't give any spoilers. Um, fun. Uh, Death in the Nile, by the way, if you like that kind of movie, I would throw that out there too. If you guys have not seen that on Hulu, if you like, uh, if you like Glass Onion, you'll like Death. In the Believe. Steve, I uh, want to get your opinion. I liked. I liked this movie. Um, now that you guys are pointing that stuff out, I guess yeah, that makes no. sense. But my don't, first no, one... don't fall into us though. Like again, I've watched so many movies with Rich. I know his thoughts on the and it, and whenever we saw Sideways, he even said he went first and he said I knew Daigle was gonna love this movie. Like it's just this well, is the way I'm, we view the world. I'm so bad at this because like I'm a film major, and a lot of the times we had to like analyze that stuff. But I've 
but I've been like that ruins movies for me now. Mm -hmm. So I try not to. So like I didn't really think about that, but I like this. This is a movie I could watch again with someone that hasn't seen it before. And if you're into murder mystery, I would definitely recommend it. The thing that's tough is the reading like to recommend to someone else. Me, I didn't mind it at all. But I thought it was a good movie. I like the twist. I like the acting and the shots, just like you guys said. Um, but now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, I guess like it was kind of crazy. No, don't let us corrupt you. <laughs> keep, keep your young, vibrant mind. Uh, Dean, have you ever seen Pan's Labyrinth? Not Labyrinth, Pan's Labyrinth. No, I know the director's really good, but Del Toro, yeah, right? Del Toro. Yeah, I'm not sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah I uh, love, uh, uh, was it Ali? What's the one that he put out recently? Midnight Alley, Dark Alley. Oh, I, I did see that as well. That's that's an awesome movie. Yeah. Um, so, so it's I, subtitled, I, subtitled as well, A Spanish Story Tale for Adults is basically what, A Fairy, fairy Tale for Adults is what it is. Um, I Pan's think you would like that. Yeah, Pan's Labyrinth. I think you would really like it. Uh, I have to stop playing Teddy Bridgewater to get there, but uh, I think you would really like it. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Um, all right. So, hey, Rich, did you question not like Breaking Bad? Like you were, you, you kind of put the premise forth. Like you know, Walter White was he became this great mastermind too. Obviously, spoilers. But like, did oh you yeah, play along with that, or did you did it kind of tilt you? Like you asked, yeah, questions? a little bit, yeah. Especially uh, late stage Walter White, you know, like turning into like basically like the like a drug kingpin, you know, gangster. Uh, there yeah. was a definite, definite. That was a, a a part of the show that definitely irked me. That's always <laughs> that's always the same thing people say about Breaking Bad whenever they don't like it too. And I guess I see it. Uh, I like I, Breaking I, Bad because I mean I still like the show. I, love, I think yeah. there's enough ancillary stuff around it that is is strong and really delivers. And obviously he's so good as that character. Yeah, that it's easy to. Uh, get there but i understand the pushback that 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 show does get though too because he does I'm, become I'm a character back. I, I think it's pretty realistic and like i mean if you want to push back talk about ozark like ozark is like breaking bad on steroids right as far as like yeah so ozark was way worse for me i i did not vibe with ozark at all i did not i did oh. not vibe with it like definitely especially after season two no i did finish it but uh, after season two, like it just became like it is like what what can we top with the most outrageous situation, right? Like it just it didn't feel like any type of reality, like whatsoever. Like these were like where I thought Breaking Bad did more realism, like they slow played a lot more stuff, where it was more shock value on Ozark. I agree with that. I think after two seasons of Ozark, I was only watching it because I was already that far in. I, I actually like did not actually care for the show anymore. Okay, yeah, because I thought Breaking Bad, like, I wasn't, like, trying to, like, well, actually, I was just, I thought Breaking Bad did a really good job. I love Breaking Considering Bad. where it went, like, it, it, as realistic as that scenario, those scenarios could be, like, they, they took those in, in consideration and still made it, like, you know, a good show and uh, drama and all that, but yeah. I just thought it was worth uh, throwing out there. I'm curious to get your take on that. Hey, you got a movie to assign us. Um, well, have you considered it? Uh, have, you, have you whittled it down? Do you just have yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll roll here. Uh, you know, listen, I want to be a man of my word and play Mike Evans and Deshaun Watson. This is not a, 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 the only lineup like this I played because I didn't, I ran a naked Watson here. Uh, but I wanted to make sure I'm a man of my word because I vouched for him on the show that I played him against you guys, uh, with Travis Etienne. So the rest of the guys were trash. This one wouldn't have catch here, but I had some hot Evans lineups that put up like around the 170s on FanDuel. Uh, and we did really well uh, with Cooper in them too. So we, we made out good here. Uh, this one, one of the lower scoring ones with Evans, but uh, it was enough to take down you guys. And that's what really matters. <laughs> so, so we did not struggle. 
so my uh my theme was since week 18 was uh we were gonna do like uh this uh you know like the uh, world apocalypse world ending Hell type yeah. movies so might as well go with the theme i had a theme last time uh i will give you guys some options to choose from and i will give you i will give you two solid options and then i'll give you two joke options where i could be a villain <laughs> Uh, the, my first option to give you guys would be Children of Men. If you haven't seen Children of Men, that's so good. It's uh, got some of the most incredible shots. Like three minutes, like whole, yeah, it's it's, it's some, yeah. Go ahead. I've, I've actually been wanting to watch that. I don't think I've watched it in a decade because it made me so depressed the first time, and I'm sure it's still as depressing. Um, I do want to rewatch it though. So the two good choices I give you are, are Children of Men and Twelve Monkeys. Okay. And then, I've never seen Twelve Monkeys, by the way. Oh, okay. Bruce Willis? Or is that, that, we very rarely get a Dean hasn't seen movie. Yeah, we're already leaning towards that one now. Is that Brad Pitt or Bruce Willis? It's one of those two, right? Pitt, right? It's uh, Brad Pitt. Yeah. Okay. And Bruce Willis. Oh, it's both. Okay, that's yeah. fine. There you go. Uh, and then if you want me to be a villain, I'll give you The Happening <laughs> or Waterworld. Oh. <laughs> I, I think Waterwood World may still be underrated. I'm not gonna lie. I think it's the happening. Fun. The happening is legit. I think the worst movie ever made. I went uh, to theaters. I went to theaters. So what's happening? The happening. What is what is happening? Game Night Shyamalan. Yeah, it's, he's very uh, hit or miss. He, he it's, is. He it's is questionable. It's questionable whether anything is actually happening. <laughs> so if you want me to be Dean has not seen Twelve Monkeys. Steve, have you seen any of those movies? None. So oh, I'm good. Snaps. I'm good with whatever. Well, but if, if I, I he hasn't seen a movie, I think we should I, watch. I, that. I, Twelve Monkeys is like the the best one. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's better uh, than Children of Men. That's I will awesome say, movie. I will say, Steve, take the time to watch Children of Men. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. Uh, we were going to Twelve Monkeys. We like they said we've we I don't think we've ever had one where Dean hasn't seen it. If you've ever, Steve, I don't know if you read a lot. If you've ever read like The Road by Cormac McCarthy, that's my favorite author. Uh, it's very similar to that, where it's a very apocalyptic end of world type of scenario where everyone's just trying to pretty much save one person. It's good, okay. good, good movie. All right. Yeah, I remember it most just for like the couple scenes of like the it's like what three minutes long, four minutes long, and there's acting. a one there's a one shot in there that stands out pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's. I mean, it's a good movie, but like just that's what kind of like the icing. For me, yeah, it was when it looked like Clive Owen was going to be a real thing. Like they were really like like Clive Owen was it was it for a little bit. He did the movie with is that him with like when he's a prisoner with Jamie Fox? That's Clive Owen, right? Or no, he, the, the, uh, that's the, the bank robbing one. Inside bank, man, it's the bank inside man. That's it. Yep, inside man, which is really still good. good. That's a really good, still good Denzel. Yes, that's very good. What's the one? It's not Clive Owen, but like he's a European guy, like a Clive Owen knockoff, like Multiplicity, like the fourth version. Um. Where like Jamie Foxx is like the the DA or something like that. You guys, you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm sure this this he wants to get in prison, and he's you're not he, talking about Training Day, right? No, now I have to know what it is. Somebody in chat, tell me what this movie is. Clive Owen knockoff. You're not talking about Colin Farrell. No, it's it's someone. It's in that pool though. I don't think he's Irish, but he's British, I believe. But it, like it's if you like Clive Owen, Clive Owen, then you'll love this guy. <laughs> Vice versa. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not coming to me, but. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll. I'm I'm sure Law Abiding Citizen. Thank you, Josh. You guys have seen this, right? Kind of on chat, maybe. I, we kind of chat. I watched it over Christmas, the great holiday movie. Yeah, it's it's and that, that's the movie, by the way. Rich will hate if he's asking questions because there's some absurd things that happen. 
Which yeah. is play along and it's fun. That's no, it's a, a, I, I'm okay. As well. I'm, a, I'm okay playing along when I know I'm supposed to play along. Yeah, this one you know you're supposed to play along. It's it's just ridiculous. <laughs> if I'm in on the joke, man, like uh, I saw some chat like brought up Expendables earlier. Like I'm cool with that. Like I'm cool just like swerving into that direction. I definitely have and, that gene. Invisible Guest was similar to Crash, which somehow won Best Picture, but it was like egregious. Tri- it was serious, but it was a series of events that would literally never happen to anyone in this lifetime. I've not seen Crash since like Don't. when it won the Oscar. Don't. Don't. Down. It's, it's the old Bill Simmons, and he still has he has some theories back in the day. Like he said, like you're supposed to wait a couple years. Like in 2023, you vote on the best movie for 2020. Like let the movie sit for three years and be out there in pop culture, and then we then we can have a bigger sample size to determine. That's not bad. How, but like you know, people like immediacy, they don't want to know who won best movie. I mean, listen, the biggest thing is who cares about the awards. Like what you that's like. That's the other part. Like, honestly, like what you like. That's why I'm trying to win this contest again because, like, I think my next I will pick a theme for us. And I will pick like a year of just Oscar films and like, hey, let's decide which Oscar film to watch. Uh, I think, the, and hopefully we just end up on Birdman. We can all watch Birdman. Twelve oh. Monkeys, it is though, Dean. Yes. <laughs> uh, Birdman was was that was another one that had uh, a lot of long shots, but I don't know how great that movie was. It was fine. I I, I love Birdman. Do you? Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Right. Michael, I like Michael Keaton. It is um, a filmy movie though. There's a lot of single cam. Yeah, it's shot really well. It looks really cool. The opening, the opening, isn't the whole movie actually, now that I say it, single cam? So, I mean, I'm, there's some tricks going on where it's not really, but it gives sure. the impression that it is. Like 1917, like right, there's yeah. some tricks, there's like only one one cut and it goes black. Otherwise, it's like a straight, they want to give the illusion that's a straight, you know, mm-hmm. shot. It's not, but it's still good. Hey, uh, we got to tell the people where to find you, Rich. Uh, Week 18. You know, 2023. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're back. We're back. Uh, we're back for the playoffs. I saw it was overwhelming chat response to come back for the playoffs. We also strong armed ourselves, not only getting the playoffs uh, coming, Gus coming back, but we strong armed the Super Bowl party as well. So kudos to us at the Pick Six Show, uh, bullying the crowd here. The tournament preview. <laughs> uh, the the swole cast, everyone, literally, thank us because I know it's from our bitching that we are only and only us that we are coming back. That's we were right. the only people to yell at the CEO on a show. You guys are are com- I assume you wouldn't yell and then leave. Are you planning on coming? Oh, I mean, it's an obligation now. <laughs> yeah, kind of that would be a bold move, though. It's just like, ah, I'm good. Just gonna stay. Yeah, thanks for bringing it back. I mean, <laughs> literally, the last time we had the everyone that that gets together to do a Roto Grinder show goes to the Super Bowl party in Nashville. Last time we had it, like, was the last time we were all together. And I mean, dude, I can't. I can barely vaguely remember that because that was literally the weekend before airports started shutting down for the pandemic. Like, that's how long ago it was. Patriots Rams Super Bowl, I believe. Mm, yeah, Niners Chiefs. Uh, yeah, Niners Chiefs, and then I believe oh, yeah. I went literally the weekend after I went to it's go a, see Rich, Rich and his family in Cleveland. It's a weekend and, I will never forget for obvious reasons. Well, yeah, <laughs> being on a high note or a low note, I don't know what just happened there. Uh, well, no, it, it pushed me to the life changes I've made, so yeah, hey, you know, hey, that's, that's when he started falling apart. Yeah, listen, I mean, I have a, a device in my heart now, but yeah, hey, we're good. But now every photo you <laughs> post on social media, I see all the comments. Everyone says, look at you, Rich, looking good. So yeah, because I nearly died. That's why. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> I don't know that backstory, but I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you're with us. I wasn't aware of that. Uh, I just flat out missed it. But uh, And you look svelte. 
as uh, as ever. You look fabulous. Well, Dean, uh, I'll, I'll squeeze you in person. <laughs> We're going to go back to that same brewery. Uh, maybe not get the Coco Nibs beer, but uh, we'll get something else. <laughs> that is uh, John Daigle from 4 for 4 Sports at Betspurts, Rich Rebar, Sharp Football Analysis, Producer Steve as well. It was the NFL Pick 6 Show Week 18, the information slate. Sponsored by Thrive. Again, check out that promo code Grinders for Thrive. Uh, come back. Come back next week. We'll be breaking down the playoff slate. Looking forward to that. Win something this week. Come back next week. Do appreciate y'all. That's the show. We're out of here. Holler. <laughs>